Welcome back to the Triple R Podcast, where this is a rolling, not a stopwatch, because this podcast never stops. Join with me, as always, are my two co-hosts. Oh, gosh. Warren, I feel like my intros get you every time. Um, It doesn't take much, honestly. You know, with that being said, Warren, how you doing today, sir? I am doing wonderful. Uh, I don't think in about uh, five minutes, once we start getting into our pay-per-view today, which is SummerSlam 1998, that I'll be feeling any kinds of wonderful. Sure. Uh, me as well. With that being said, we do have a third host on this podcast. His name is... Uh, Mr. Chris Lee, the monster from Manans. How you doing, sir? Hey, yo. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm ready to talk about this news fest of a pace review, uh, SummerSlam 88. Ooh, let's just let's get this over with, guys. It's going to be a quick 15-minute podcast. Let's do it. Let's get, <laughs> let's get through this garbage. We are not working. We're not getting paid by the hour today, I can We're tell not. you. No, we are not. So for you at home, we talked about this a little bit on our last paper or our last uh, podcast, our pre-show. Um, none of us were very impressed by what we had watched this evening. But, you know, to be fair to it, we do have to go through the motions as always. So we are going to be talking about SummerSlam 1988. It is a professional wrestling pay-per-view event, which took place on August 29th, 1988 at Madison Square Garden, which is located in New York City in the state of New York. Are you are you filling time right now? I'm filling time. I'm filling it. I'm filling it. You don't need to drag out time that much. I'm filling all the time. The attendance, which actually was one of my like eight notes that I wrote in this entire preview, was twenty thousand people. The place was packed. It was. Like, it, it was filled to the rafters. Like people were jacked sure. up to be at this, and I'm sure they were sorely disappointed with what happened. Um, we had a uh, Gorilla Monsoon on the mic and superstar Billy Graham, brother, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened here. I didn't like most of it, but uh, <laughs> Warren, what are your uh, what are your opening thoughts here? Help help save me from drowning. <laughs> um, so this is, I think, the first pay per view that we've watched back where. I either watched this live or on tape at some point um, around the time that it happened. I was I was about five years old when this when this pay per view dropped. Um, I know you guys are still babies, a year old, if that. Um, but watching it now with my my thirty seven year old eyes, uh, it just didn't. I don't know. There was just a lot missing, and I, with the names on the card, you would think that it would would have been a better showing, 
And even like I knew most what the results were going to be, especially for some of the bigger matches. But there were just a lot of there's a lot of blah in the middle of this pay-per-view um, that was probably better at being maybe a a Saturday night's main event or a superstars of wrestling on a Saturday morning than it being the second biggest pay-per-view for the WF at the time SummerSlam. Yeah, I I would agree with that. This was the inaugural SummerSlam. Uh, I may be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. I think SummerSlam came about because Vince McMahon was trying to keep up with Jim Crockett promotions where they were doing a lot of pay-per-views at the time. And he, you know, he was trying to make his own footprint in the pay-per-view game. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was WrestleMania Survivor or is it WrestleMania Royal Rumble Survivor Series SummerSlam, right? That's the order. Those, those, are, the big, those are the big four. It would it was WrestleMania, then SummerSlam came, then I think then Royal Rumble and then Survivor Series. Were in order of creation, I should say. I think Survivor Series came before SummerSlam. Because didn't we watch Survivor Series 87? Oh, no, you're right. We did watch Survivor Series 87. Um, so it was WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and then Royal Rumble came after that. Either way, I mean, what a disaster. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, you know, uh, how excited were you to watch this? I'm sure you were very excited. Me, I was, I, I was kind of excited, but Chris, how are you uh, feeling about watching this pay per view? That's how I felt. I didn't feel good about it. Um, I mean, there, there, it must be a different summer. I think we talked about this. There's a different SummerSlam that I really like, and it's the one with Rick Rude. And Ultimate Warrior in the Steel Cage. Or the Steel Cage. That's the SummerSlam. I thought that was this, and it's not this. So, no, it was, I don't know, definitely not this. I'm very disappointed watching this. I, I can assure you 100% that it was not this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll go match by match, but I mean the first match I was like, oh this will be okay. Like this is a good opening match. They got the Bulldogs, Dynamite Kid looking jacked. <laughs> and you know, Davy Boy looking jacked. And then you got the pasta sauce boys coming out and <laughs> Rougeau I mean, Brothers. Whoever, not you. Whoever designed the Pasta Boys tights <laughs> to invest in like some tighter tights because you could fully see their dick swinging in there and loose man just canadian dicks just flopping around in there <laughs> like i don't know i just yeah. i could have did a little better with their yeah. wrestling attire is all i'm saying all right well we have plenty of time to get into foreign genitalia <laughs> <laughs> 
So let's all- go ahead. Let's 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 ring the bell in the opening segment here. Ring in the bell. <laughs> all right. So our first match on the card has the British Bulldogs, accompanied by their manager Matilda, who is a bulldog, versus the a bulldog, if you will. Yeah. Versus the Spaghetti Bandits. <laughs> Ruzo, not Ragu. They're spelled two totally different ways. S P A T T. Spaghetti. Spaghetti bands. Yeah, you get it? We steal spaghetti. Yeah. Put them on people's lawns. They were bandits. Then they were sticky bandits. Now they're the spaghetti bandits. Right. You guys must have went to the uh, Scott Steiner School of Social Studies. Boy, it's your time to go back to Canada, the place we call Mexico North. Hey. <laughs> we're, nine, we're nine minutes in and got our first Scott Steiner. Thanks, Scott. Disrespecting the Rujo brothers. <laughs> Scott Steiner teaching social studies. Oh, boy. So I, I know you guys aren't familiar with the way I take notes because I read them on. I, I have like a notebook, right? So I don't post them online. Um, but I, I write at the top, you know, match number one. People versus people. In this case, the the pasta pirates versus the British Bulldogs. <laughs> pasta pirates. And, uh, I, I take my notes and at the end of my notes, I write winner with you know a dash and then i write who won in this particular instance i wrote winner nobody because no one won we all won yeah everybody (laughs) lost well i don't think everybody lost do you feel like you won warren (laughs) (laughs) we definitely didn't win but here let me just let me 25 minutes of my life, I will never get back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me get into my notes then. Um, Oh, Warren, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, Chris, Chris, let me know what you have to say about this match. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, the match itself, I thought, was actually one of the better matches of this whole card. It actually held my attention. Um most of my attention tried to go to the actual uh, wrestling moves being done, but a lot of it just went to the, you know, uh, the the pasta sauce boys' dicks just flopping, flopping, flopping throughout the match. Right back and, to that. But I thought it was. I don't. I can't. I can't think of another match that actually goes the full time limit and is declared a draw. This is like the first. I feel like in my experience of watching wrestling. This is the first and only match that was timed out that I've ever seen. And I just like, oh, this is interesting. I just said I didn't remember it. I didn't know it was going to happen. I was shocked by it. And I don't know. It was just a nice kind of a nice change of pace. Um, But I think this match was like well wrestled. Um, I don't know. I just think it was an interesting finish and possibly one of the best matches on the whole card because the rest... Between this and then what happens between this match and the Mega Powers and the Mega Bucks, it's just nonsense. It's all nonsense and couldn't do without. Thank you, Chris. Uh, no Warren, problem. go ahead. 
So um, my first note that I had on here was the Rougeau brothers uh, were billed as soon to be from the U.S., um, which I always thought was uh, a funny way to bill it for bill them. Um, Matilda remained at ringside. She had her own little platform standing next to uh, the non-legal person from the Bulldogs in the corner. Um, it definitely looked like Davy Boy Smith had his tights on backwards. I think, no, I think Dynamite had his on backwards. One, one of them had their tights on backwards. I don't know if the Union Jack was supposed to be in the front or the Union Jack was supposed to be in the back. Definitely I that. figured I would the Union that. Jack would have been in the back. Yeah, so Dynamite had his on backwards. Somebody had them on backwards, and they, that should have been fixed. Um, I don't know what it is about late 80s tag team wrestling but man people love not tagging oh there was a lot of no tags a ton of no tags throughout this whole pay-per-view it was hard to keep track of who was the who was supposed to be the heel because yeah. they both did it and that yep. in my head that's a heel tactic Taking advantage of like a quick tag or something like that. Totally agree. There's no reason that the faces should be taking advantage of that. They should always be the ones complaining that the heels are taking advantage of that. Right, right. Um, And uh, like you mentioned, Chris, with this time limit draw, it's not something that I remember happening a lot in WWF uh, ever, really. But the fact that there was no prompting as to how long was left in the match and the match just kind of ended out of nowhere after 20-something minutes, um, that was definitely weird. They should have at least said, you know, five minutes left, ten minutes left, whatever the case right. uh, throughout. Um, but it was very weird to have a, a, a open show off with a, with a time and draw. Yeah, no, I hated this match. Um, <laughs> just, just tell us how you really feel, Bill. You know, the Linguini Liberos are not my favorite tag team. I've made that abundantly clear. How many oh, brothers? How many different names for Joe <laughs> Brothers? Do you have? Just going through every kind of pasta. That you how many, do you have these written down or are you just coming up with them? Uh, they're off the top of my head. I got the Rotini oh, Renegades. I thought about that one. <laughs> the Rouge Brothers. This is great. I love now they hear this, and they're just not gonna. They're not gonna respect us anymore. Um. There are a lot of quick tags, which I liked. I mean, it was a well-wrestled match. It was, it's just a snooze fest. Um, at one point, Gorilla Monsoon said they had to turn thousands of people away. Out of the 20,000 people that are in the audience, thousands of people that got turned away were the lucky ones, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, as I said before, you know, I wrote down winner, nobody, including myself, and I stand by that. Um. Yeah, I just. Ugh. I I would agree with Chris to where this was definitely the best match, best wrestled match on the card before you got to the main event. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's saying something. Um, yeah, I, th- I did like Matilda's perch. I thought that was interesting. I was hoping we were going to see a Matilda on a pole match, but that didn't happen. We don't need to see that. Matilda on a pole match. So, uh, yeah, I think we can ring the bell on this one. So for our next match, we had a uh, interesting little segment where it's interesting for two reasons. The the first reason being that we had the outlaw Ron Bass uh, attack Brutus the Barb Beefcake. Um, Ron Bass spurred the beefcake with the spurs from his cowboy boots, I would imagine. And um, this is interesting for two reasons. The first reason being that they put the censor tag on there, which mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, I, I get it. Maybe he's, he's dying. The second reason, <laughs> this pay-per-view lasts another two hours, 15 minutes, and we hear nothing about any of this <laughs> for the rest of the pay-per-view. So because... <laughs> why is it here? Where, where, where's Ron Bass? Okay. It just it, it boggles my mind why this is even included in what we're watching because okay. it, well, it, I... it means nothing to the rest of the the promotion. If, okay, if you don't mind me saying, I mean, this comes kind of comes back to when what was it the Survivor Series when they had that hour long Ted DiBiase skit of him, you know kicking kids over doing push-ups and all that kind of stuff like that didn't have anything to do with the pay-per-view and the matches and like the following match like it was just a random vignette of ted dibiase doing ted dibiase things i mean it was funny but that that was great yeah but it's kind of like that same wheelhouse it's like oh we're gonna show you this thing that happened that has nothing to do with tonight's card so I'm, I'm I'm willing to bet that the both of you watched this pay-per-view on mute because this was supposed to be a match on the pay-per-view and Ron Bass taking him out means that the match wasn't going to happen on the pay-per-view. Mm. No, no, no. No, that's not true. That is true. <laughs> no, it's, it's not true because... The- what one of the two contestants, and I don't remember which one, was supposed to challenge for the Intercontinental title? Oh, no, yeah, okay, so that's what it was. It was Beefcake was supposed to challenge uh, Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental title. Ron Bass takes him out, so he can't compete, and then Honky Tonk Man had a mystery opponent for who was, champ- who was challenging for the title. That's what it was. But it's still stupid. We don't reference it ever again. It's it's nonsense. They did not. They did not make that clear, though. They didn't make that clear. They t- they talked about it. They did because then then because then beef you know, beefcake honky tonk man does the promo saying who talking about who his new opponent will be. I know Gorilla mentioned that he was supposed to be fighting beefcake uh, for the IC title, but then he was taken out by Ron Bass. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. I just don't remember them. Clearly. I don't remember talking about it. Yeah. 
Right, Warren, you just got negative points. Only <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm speaking truth. You're speaking gibberish. You're agreeing with SummerSlam '88, which I can't. I can only I can only talk about the facts. Whether I agree with the pay per view or not is is irrelevant. All right. So our next match was uh, Bad News Brown versus Ken Patera. Um, Bad News Brown won the match. If you ask me how he won, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who led off the last one? I think it was Chris. So Warren, yeah, go for it, man. Chris. So um, this match, I don't. Both. I I know Bad News Brown is a legitimate wrestler and has got years and years of traveling up and down the road. You know, on the grind or whatever. And Ken Patera was kind of an Olympia Olympia. Oh, wow. An Olympic guy who transitioned into wrestling. But, man, this was just a terrible match. Uh, Bad News Brown, and it makes sense, I guess. He only used his gloved hand to strike. He didn't use his other hand, which is fine. I get it. Totally get it. Um, Bad News Brown was just selling moves very weird and struggled like... I would think even in 1988, one of the first things that you learn when you become a wrestler is how to run the ropes. I just thought he, I don't know if he knew how to run the ropes. It just looked odd the way he was, the way he was doing it. I don't know what it was. Um, both guys look very winded and the match only went, I think, six minutes according to the uh, yeah, it only went 633 and both guys looked gassed about halfway through. Um and I the way he won the match, Pilch, he hit him with a I, I called it a struggle in Seguri. Kick yeah. to the back of the head. He uh which it, is um what was it? He called it the ghetto blaster. Ghetto blaster, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just the worst performed insecurity to the back of somebody's head that um I think has ever been demonstrated inside of a wrestling ring. Um this is one of the many matches that should have been put on Maybe I don't even know if you could put this one on on Superstars of Wrestling or Saturday Night's Main Event. You should just have just done this match at a house show so that as few people saw it as that needed to see it, and not put this on pay per view second match into SummerSlam '88. Mm. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I thought of another one. How about the Tortellini Torturers? It's not, they're not even in this match. Uh, <laughs> what about Bad News Brown and Ken Patera? How about that? Uh, oh boy. Well, I mean, we're going to hear from Chris here in a second. I don't think it's going to be good, but. Ooh, the Macaroni Manglers. Wow, Chris, go ahead, please. <laughs> Please talk about the match. I like, I like all of these. The like current them. match that we're that we're talking about. Uh yeah. I mean, this match did not hold my attention. Um, 
definitely looked away a lot and played with my daughter and then looked up. I saw a really, really bad insiguri that it just, and a, it was very offensive name. If you ask me, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he got the one, two, three. And I mean, that's, I just, I have nothing. I have nothing to say. Like bad news, Brown. He had one really memorable feud with Roddy Piper when Roddy Piper did blackface. And that, like, I remember that match. Um, I remember the, like, lead up to that match. And, like, Bad News Brown had this rat in a cage that he was feeding stuff to. It was crazy. And then, uh, or was that, no, wait, that was Bad News Brown and Jake the Snake when he had the rat in a cage. I remember that because it was, like, rat. Bad News Brown... So since Jake had the snake, he had rat. Ed Brown had the sewer rat. Yeah, I remember that too. That was good. Like Bad News Brown has had some good feuds. So silly stuff. Feud was great, but I, I, you could have done without the sewer rat. No, the sewer rat was cool. It was not. Sewer rat was cool. Dumb. Sewer rat was cool. It would eat a whole bunch of garbage and stuff. It was great. You'd be throwing like bones in it and all that kind of like just random stuff, and like the the cage would shake. It's like, oh, he's hungry. He's gonna eat that snake. And then get out of here. But anyway, what my point is is like Bad News Brown, for as as bland as he is, you know, just you know, black guy that likes to fight gimmick. I mean, he could he could he could hold his own in a match, but this was just not. This was like a C minus D plus maybe probably more like a d plus like it wasn't a good pairing of two talents and i don't know they could have this could have been a dark match it should not for all for all the other feuds like you mentioned that would that involved the bad news brown his his jake the snake stuff his stuff with uh with roddy piper wrestlemania six I know that there have been other matches that involved Bad News Brown and were decent matches. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was his fault. I don't know if it was on Ken Patera. This was not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Penne Punishers? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm ringing the bell. I'm just not even going to listen uh, to you. <laughs> All right, so a couple of quick notes I had. Uh, Ken Patera is built like a bowling ball. Like he just yeah. like his he just doesn't look right. I don't know what it is. Um, and uh, I thought Grill Monsoon made a good point where he says you have to hurt the man before you pin the man. And Ken Patera went for a bunch of like quick pins after like doing nothing. And he and Bad News Brown kicked out at one. And I think they were just as confused as we were. He's like, what is this guy doing? Like, you actually have to, like, hurt the person you're wrestling to win. And Yeah, I, don't, I, just, I just don't think Ken Patera was a very good wrestler. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Uh, in between this match and the next match, there was a Mega Powers promo. Uh, all I wrote about this promo was there was so much flexing. There's a lot of flexing. <laughs> this promo, and what every Mega Powers promo had the strongest handshake in all of wrestling. Oh, the, the handshake is fantastic. That, 
that Macho Man and Hulk Hogan do is just every time they do a promo together, they do the handshake and it's phenomenal. Right. No, it was, it, that the promo was good. The promo was way better than the match. Um, what about the tortellini torturers? You said that already. You did that. Now, if you if you had to compare strong handshakes, okay, okay. there's this Mega Powers handshake or the handshake between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers in Predator, where it's you know, they they see each other in like the bar and it's like Dylan, you son of a bitch, and then they do the. They lock hands and whatnot. And some people have turned the memes into like where the world explodes when they do their handshake. Right. Please tell me you guys have seen that. I know yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. If you had to choose between strong handshakes, which one would you take? It's the mega powers all day for me. It's it's the build up to the handshake where they both like have to like loosen up and then like flex up real tight and then they like stare at each other for a minute and then it just comes out like a rocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great, Chris. So, I think it depends on my mood because okay. the thing about the the Carl Weathers and. Uh, uh, Schwarzenegger one. Theirs was more. It's like quick, boom, like instant, like muscles and gr- like you know. It's like real hard with the mega powers. It's a like there. It's a controlled event. You know, Macho Man has got to hold his wrist real tight, and then Hulk Hogan has to hold his wrist real tight, and they ease into it because they know that. The, the power of this handshake is so great that one miscalculation and the world could explode. So it's like they got to do it in a way. They got to cross the streams in such a way that like it's a safe and carefully done handshake. So yes, it's powerful, but it's not like reckless. The, 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 the predator one is like super reckless and like they don't give a fuck what happens. They know that's just we're going to get in here and get this handshake done. So it's like, you know, I like the carefulness of the mega powers handshake because they know the possibility of the devastation from this handshake could be great unless we're real careful about it. Cause every right. time they do it, they never go in. Like, it's always like, we got to ease into it, you know, just like, all right, back it in there. Ah, there it is. You know what I mean? I I think the the correct answer has to be the Mega Powers handshake. As much as I enjoy um, the Predator handshake and the memes that have come after it, um, there are some. There's one GIF of this Mega Powers handshake where they actually like they in the promo they do the handshake and they kind of just walk off the screen together and just kind of. You can see the 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 togetherness of the mega powers in this in this gif as they as they walk off screen and it's just it's just oozing through their veins 
that it's it's like you said it's very controlled they do realize their power they can't they don't want their power to they don't want it to explode just yet that's going to happen at WrestleMania 5 but we're we're a long ways away from from them exploding and they want to make sure that they control it and keep it contained unless they absolutely have to use it and they will at the end of this pay-per-view yeah it makes sense so, Warren, what do you think about this? The Ravioli Ravagers. Our oh. next contest is... Uh, <laughs> please, Pilch. Get in. So our next match will feature Ravishing Rick Rude, accompanied by Bobby the Brian Heenan. Against <laughs> Bobby the Brian. <laughs> He'll be taking on the junkyard dog. Uh, you know, Bobby the Brian wins this match with Rick Rude by DQ. Uh, again, I don't have a lot of notes here. Um, I have two notes, but, you know, I don't want to take away from my contestants. So, Chris, uh, please, the floor is yours. So... This match actually leads into a very good feud, which is the the Jake the Snake feud with Rick Rude, because in this match, um, and you know, at first, Junkyard Dog, you know, he comes out, he's dancing around, you know, he's feeling the crowd, but he doesn't have that same intensity that he had when at a uh, Capital Combat when he told. Uh, <laughs> What he told Jim Cornette, he was banging his mom. You know, that junkyard dog, that's a junkyard dog I could get behind. This junkyard dog, I don't know. He was a little more, a little too tame for my my liking. I wish he would have told that we we were sold a uh, we were sold short in the WWE with the run of the junkyard dog. Um, He was a much bigger star. Uh, pre WWE, yeah. Um, but, same thing with I know I mentioned it before. Same thing with Coco Beware. He was a much bigger star before WWE too, and he just never got a really good run uh, in WWE. By the time he got there, Coco Beware makes an appearance in this uh, in this pay per view too. We will talk about him later. Um, but yeah, this match. I mean, it was. I don't know. It was it was okay, and I I mean I like Rick Rude coming out, and he uh, eventually, throughout the match, towards the end of the match, he he drops his tights to reveal a second layer of tights, and it has the face of Jake the Snake Roberts' wife on it, and then Jake comes out and beats the shit out of <laughs> Rick Rude. <laughs> Uh, which uh, leads to the disqualification. So, unfortunately, Junkyard Dog gets DQ'd by the interference from Jake Snake, but, um, you know, we do get to get a nice little lead-in with uh, Jake and Rick Rude. Yeah, that's true. Um, Warren, go ahead. <laughs> um... The generic Rick Rude theme here is terrible. 
Um, I know we dealt with a lot that, of. Right, that's not his theme, right? No, it's not his theme. Oh my god, it was driving me crazy. I was. Like, it, I was it was like, a generic. Right. It was a generic. Uh, a theme dub over of his original Why did theme. Dub it over? I, I guess it's the same reason they had to dub it over for um for the ECW stuff. They didn't have the rights to the song. But what is that song? I didn't know. I thought it was like. Um, I, I guess it does have a name, and I mean, I, I can never. I remember it. It was like right. it was so. It was close to it, but it was like off a little. Yeah. Bit. I was like, "This isn't right. This isn't what I remember." Uh, doesn't I don't see the name. I don't see the name on here, but either way, um, I guess that's why they they had the dub over because they didn't have the raids to it, um, and it was terrible. But to make up for it, his airbrush tights, oh. both sets of them were always on point, mm-hmm. um, and he knew how to to garnish some heat, whether it was with the crowd or whether it was with a, a potential opponent in the ring. Um, Gorilla Monsoon uh, hits the line of the Pearl Harbor job when uh, I think Rick Rue got uh, Junkyard Dog when he wasn't looking or something like that. Or maybe it was vice versa. Um, I don't know if that line will translate to, to 2020. Um, Chris already explained how Rick Rue got, went to the top rope to expose his second, expose his second set of tights that had uh, the wife of Jake Roberts on them. And then here's the, the snake out here to get rude. Into the DQ. Um, the match itself was okay. Um, nothing really to write home about it. Better than the Bad News Brown Ken Batera match, um, but not up there with the British Bulldogs and the Rujo brothers match. Yeah, I would agree. The British Bulldogs versus the Noki Knockers was much better. Not even in the not even in the same uh, genre of food. Now, (laughs) Noki's a pasta. Noki's not an Italian pasta, is it? It's still a pasta. Well, it's, it's like a noodle. It's like it's, Polish. Yeah. Is it Polish? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, man. So I have, a, I have a few questions here. Okay. Um, throughout the entire match, I thought the junkyard dog's tights said Trump on the ass. Then I realized it said Thump. <laughs> Thump. Oh. No, because his move, his his one of his signature moves was the thump. Right. No, I, I gathered that about five minutes in, but I was like, man, this is really topical. <laughs> <laughs> and 22 years later, you know, we're still talking about Trump. Oh, um, Jesus. Do you think there would be a Val Venus without Rick Rude? You know, um, I don't think there would be a Val Venus without Rick Rude. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I see that. I see that wholeheartedly. That was Rick Rude was was ahead of his time uh, with his stuff, with his his promo stuff beforehand, his airbrush tights, his mannerisms. Um, yeah, no, there would not be a Val Venus without Rick Rude. You could throw That's Velveteen kinda, that in that conversation as well. Because, who was that? Velveteen? Well, there's no Velveteen without Prince. Uh, yeah, no, okay, yeah. No, well, I'd, I'd say... Taken over in the uh, airbrush tights arena. So, yeah. So, Rick Rude's the is the first mold. The next mold for the Attitude Era was Val Venus. And then... The new mold for wrestling today would be Velveteen Dream, where he's a little bit of of Rick Rude. His move set is very very old school, um, to where he doesn't do. I think outside of his finisher, the um, that the Dream rolling, yeah, that rolling. yeah. Outside of the Dream Driver, um, the rest of his moves are pretty. I don't want to say safe, but like. Like he's axe handles off the top rope. He's doing, you know, his he's doing a diving elbow, you know, simple stuff like that. Um, A very macho man esque elbow. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, But then his airbrush tights, his uh, uh, mannerisms in the ring, um, definitely fall in line with the with the, the Rick Rude. And a little bit of Val Venus and a little bit of Prince uh, in that mold. See, I, I disagree slightly. I think if we're talking in ring work, I think you guys are right. I think if we're talking gimmick, I think Velveteen Dream is more modeled after Prince, Billy Idol. Not Billy Idol. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> uh, God, what's what's that guy's name? Um, Freddie Mercury. No, not Freddie Mercury. Um, shit. Ground control to Major Tom. Who's that? Oh, um, David Bowie. 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 Yeah, I think it's it, that kind of like androgynous kind of. Mm. You know, thing. I and again, I think Velveteen Dream's a great wrestler, and I, I like yeah. his gimmick too. I yeah. just think like he he pulls more of his like inspiration from that like '80s kind of rock star deal, which I like. I, I, you know, I, I agree. I, I'm completely into it. I like it. Um, and you know, I I, I think he he's easy to root for. And uh, Warren, I want I want to pitch this to you real quick. It's easy to root for Velveteen Dream, but do you know what else is also easy? What else? What else is easy, uh, Pilch? Well, the good folks at Realtor.com have made <laughs> very easy. It's extremely easy to find your new dream home. They have new home and price alerts daily. You can search by homes, by schools. You can view local noise levels. You can track home values. And they have the most updated MLS listings in the country. 
over 4 million listings, video tours available. Find a dream home today at Realtor.com. Just just so that we we save ourselves from you know, any possible anything, Realtor.com is not an official sponsor of the Triple R podcast. Not yet. <laughs> oh, we're working on it, but not yet. <laughs> And I was gonna say I missed I missed two episodes. You guys already got a sponsor. This is crazy. <laughs> we we put in some hard work last week. I'll I'll say that much. We've been pitching so hard to Realtor.com. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I I've memorized an entire promo for Realtor.com already. I mean, they better be a a, a, a sponsor soon now. So I think we can ring the bell on the match that we just talked about. I already, I already forgot who it was about. Uh, we had a promo next with the Honky Tonk Man, and he he doesn't give a shit about who he faces in the Intercontinental Championship match. Not even a little bit. He's got his acoustic guitar. He's got a Jimmy Hart. He's living his best life. Uh, he, he's ready to roll. And, uh, he's you know, the self-proclaimed He's the self-proclaimed greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Well, at this point, it's hard to argue. I think he's on a uh, he's on a fourteenth he's on a fourteen-month run as the intercontinental champion at this point. Hang, hang on a second. Let me slow you down right there. Um, the Macho Man had a much better run. And is a better Intercontinental Champion than Honky Tonk Man. Was it a longer run, though? I Again, we can effort it and see how long it was. But I'm still willing to bet that Macho Man was a better Intercontinental Champion than the Honky Tonk Man. Potato, tomato. Um, our next match features... The Bolsheviks versus the Powers of Pain. Bolsheviks, Bolsheviks are accompanied by Slick. And the Powers of Pain are accompanied by the Baron. Uh, I have no notes for this match except for who won, which was the Powers of Pain, which I wrote down as the Legion of Doom. So, yeah. I don't remember who, who, did the, who started the last one, Chris. So I think it's Warren's turn, right? Yes. Um I don't have very many notes for this match either. Um The Powers of Pain are for sure the ripoff of the Road Warriors more than Demolition. I know the the thing was always the that Demolition was a knockoff of the Road Warriors. Um but no, Powers of Pain haircut build Way they work in the ring, a hundred percent face paint, a hundred percent trying to to copy off the Road Warriors. Not that it's a bad thing. I enjoyed the Powers of Pain as a tag team, um, but this this just watching this match again just kind of sealed it. Um, and also this match went how long? Uh, looks like five five minutes, not even five and a half minutes. Every last one of them was blown up, and we weren't even five minutes. It wasn't even a five-minute match. 
they were exhausted by the end of this. Um, it was not a great match. Powers of Pain get the win over the Bolsheviks. Uh, that's that's about all I got uh, for the for the Intercontinental title reigns. Randy Savage uh, won his title on February eighth of eighty six. Lost it on March 29 of 87. That's a total of 14, 414 days. Um, the Honky Tonk Man won the belt on June 2nd, 87. Lost it here at the pay-per-view, as we're going to get to next, uh, August 29, 1988. A total of 454 days. Bingo. But the question wasn't who had the belt longer. The question was who was the better Intercontinental Champion. I don't know. Chris, what are your thoughts on this match? Uh, did not watch. <laughs> you, you got the old DNW, huh? Yeah, did not watch. Walked away, ate lunch, came back, match was over. <laughs> didn't and I just didn't care to rewind it. <laughs> if you if you had to guess off of what me and Pilcher both mentioned about this match, mm-hmm. what would you have had to say about this match? Uh I don't care about the barbarian warlord. I Oh, that's strong. I don't I don't I don't care about them. I don't I didn't care about the barbarian warlord when they were singles. I don't care about them as a tag team. Oh, did I you like, care? I like Nikolai Volkov. This Boris Okay. Guy, I have no idea who the fuck he is. And Boris obvious and I do not care. So like this match just didn't care about um so I like didn't that's why I was like, you know, I went Ate lunch, came back. Oh, I forgot to pause it. What was the match? Uh, I'm not rewinding this. And then, you know, went on to the next thing. Obviously, I didn't miss anything. It was five. It wasn't even five and a half minutes. It's five twenty-seven. I did not miss anything. So, okay, so you weren't a fan of Warlord and a Barbarian as the powers of pain. Were you a fan of? The Warlord and um, Paul Roma's Power and Glory? Yes. I did like oh. Power and Glory. Okay. Wait, I thought Power and Glory was... Uh, Power, no, Power and Glory was Roma and Hercules. Oh, was it Hercules? Yeah. No, it was Hercules. You're right. The Warlord was in another tag team outside of Powers of Pain. Because he had the little half mask. He might have been with... um. Wait, who hey. was that with? He might have. He might have been with Roma, or was he? Was it Warlord and Hercules? No, it wasn't. It was Paul Roma for sure. They must have been called something else though. But it, it wasn't. Pow, Power and Glory was Roma and Hercules. I remember mm-hmm. Power and Glory. They had the white tees. One said Power, one said Glory. They were yeah. Great. Yeah. Power and Glory. What about this? What about the pierogi punishers? I think you did that one already. <sighs> did I? I think you did. And you might have did a pierogi one, yeah. Or maybe you did a punishers one, but it, it, one of those parts you definitely used over again. Damn it. All right. 
Uh, my notes on this match are, uh, we talked about this off air, and uh, I'll admit it to our listeners. I thought Powers of Pain and the Road Warriors were the same people. I'm still surprised they're not. <laughs> You're still still debating that, huh? Just still yeah. calling shenanigans that they're not the same. I mean, it's and if they're not, like, what a blatant ripoff this was. Uh, so when. So when uh, the Warlord had the the cyborg Phantom of the Opera half mask, he was just a single. He wasn't in a tag team. Oh, huh. about that. Okay. My, my mistake. I, I always like to focus on uh, wrestlers and their managers. I always think it's a very interesting dynamic. And mm. nine times out of ten, it makes a lot of sense. Like Miss Elizabeth and the Macho Man. Makes sense. Yeah, that was his girlfriend or wife. Yeah. Right. How the f- how did the Bolsheviks and Slick come together? That's a very good question. Um, Warren, do you have any ideas? <laughs> so the the in this era of wrestling, um, there was just a need for every heel to have some kind of a manager. Um. That's that's basically it. Um, they weren't the, the Bolsheviks weren't really a fit in the Heenan family. Um, the Weasel family. They, they weren't really. Uh, you know, the Powers of Pain had had their own manager already. Um, just kind of just kind of worked its way to to Doctor Style Slick. Couple of communists and a pimp. That's a good. That's actually a start to a good joke. Slick two was com- a pimp. Two communists and a pimp walk into a bar. <laughs> I am. I'll, uh, please, please talk about this next segment. Oh, we're not going to talk about. It. I, I'm the no, host. to because you are the one that wants to disparage. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and say that he says that he can't talk. And here he's got a promo with the brother love show. He's over with the fans. They are buying everything that he is, is selling and you you're going to talk about it because you were wrong. Do you, do you want to lose this show? Cause I'm just Xing out every point. <laughs> you've already got. <laughs> This is not fair. You you disparaged Axel Jim Duggan and said that he can't talk. And here he's got a promo and he's over with the fans here in 1988. And you just want to dismiss it like it never happened. But he's not over with Justin Pilcher. First of all, he's over with a bunch of morons. Second of all. Whoa! Hang on for hang on a second. I'm using this as a hot take, but hot take. Second of all, this is the inaugural SummerSlam, and he comes out in a baseball shirt with his own dumb face on it. Third of all, <laughs> Brother Love was kind enough to welcome him into his show, even though. No one thought enough of Hacksaw Jim Duggan to give him a match. They're like, you know, let's throw you a bone here. We'll get you. We'll let you talk for a little bit. And then this cretin 
decides he's going to threaten to sodomize Brother Love. And everyone thinks that's that's just the, the cat's meow. Oh, this is great. He's going to stick a two by four up Brother Love's butt. Like, oh, I. The, if there is a room where it no consequence move room if it was me with a loaded gun with two bullets and there was hitler joseph stalin and hacksaw jim duggan i would shoot hacksaw jim duggan twice such a strong take no consequence room such such a strong take and okay so now let me let me poke holes in your hacksaw jim duggins out here with a promo and not having a match because a previous pay-per-view and we mentioned it earlier in this exact episode where the million dollar man was out here on survivor series and had showed his pretty much every single promo he had did up until that pay-per-view in the middle of the show. It was a it was 45 minutes of promos. He didn't have a match. And we loved it. So then when Hackball does a promo here that's not 45 minutes, it was entertaining. The crowd was into it. And now we're saying Hacksaw's out here doing a promo where he doesn't have a match. We, we just went over Ted DiBiase doing the same thing for 45 minutes in the middle of a promo, or the middle of a Bay review, which was more out of place than this. And we're saying, oh, it's terrible. We want to shoot him twice. Yeah, I stand by what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. But I think that they this was just the filler segment because of Beefcake's injury. Probably. I, oh man. I have so many. So to to piggyback on that, so we had a uh Ted DiBiase promo, which was I think everyone on this podcast, never in the audience will agree, was electric. We have a Hacksaw Jim Duggan promo that's watchable at best. Watch Watchable? At best. <laughs> ah, you're selling it short. You're, you're really not giving the credit that it deserves. Not saying that it was the second coming of, like, Shakespeare or anything. But to say that it's just watchable, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I think it's more than watchable. All right. So here's the thing is we had a Ted DiBiase cuts promo. In this pay-per-view, he's paired with Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. It's Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man in the main event. Mm-hmm. Right. This particular pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken, follows the pay-per-view that we had with the or was it before or after which pay-per-view do we have with hacksaw jim duggan which one was that the the last one we had with hacksaw jim duggan was um i thought it was the survivor series mm, I don't think so. 
Because the Survivor Series was all Survivor Series matches. Hexaw yeah. had a one-on-one match. No, oh, Hexaw was eliminated from the first match in the Survivor Series. Him and um, Harley Race were counted out. Yes. Okay. So, makes my point even better. Is Ted DiBiase cuts a promo. And then less than a year later, it goes on a pay-per-view teams with arguably one of the best wrestlers of all time against two of the best wrestlers of all time, unarguable. And we go from that to Jim the Hacksaw Duggan, and I'm going to keep saying it that way because I know it pisses you off, against in a Survivor Series match where he's eliminated because of his own stupidity now he's forced to hang out with Brother Love on a pay-per-view? You're telling me those things are equal? Okay. The Survivor Series match happened before this pay-per-view. Right. Okay. That's one. Two. No, that's exactly – that was my point. Okay. No, no. Two. The Brother Love show was huge at this point. So to have that interview segment mid-pay-per-view, whoever was going to be on it, it was it was a thing. It was um you, you wanted someone who was going whoever was going to be on that prom that in that promo with Brother Love was going to be put over. And it, whoever was a face this is giving Hacksaw Jim Duggan the rub. This is leading towards Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I think, winning the first. Uh, he won the first Royal Rumble. I want to say it was after this. He did win the first Royal Rumble after this. I mean, I, I Hacksaw sucks. I, just, I I can't co-sign with that pill. You're you're a hundred percent wrong on this. Uh, he is the villain of every pay-per-view he has ever been a part of. Oh, and boy. I stand by it now. <laughs> Actually, so this happened in '88. So this the first Royal Rumble happened before this pay per view. So this is him coming off of winning the first Royal Rumble, and he's in a prime spot on a pay per view with Brother Love. This is in not, the ring. This is not a prime spot. Yeah. A prime spot on a pay per view would be a match. Right. Okay. But if you don't have, but if you don't have a match. If you don't have a match, maybe you don't have something lined up. Because they we don't know what to do with him because he's a moron. No, that's not the case. That's not the case. So, for instance, you're you're still no, 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 gonna no, no, no. For, for you're instance, still gonna get your your main faces on the show, whether they have a match or not. And if you're gonna find a way to get them on the show, even if it's a promo, you're gonna put them with your best promo guy right now, brother love. As a as a heel to kind of bounce back and forth off of, this is still a prime spot. For instance, the Royal Rumble is a new concept at this point in time, right? Yes. No. This the eighty eight was the first year, right? I I would say that the Money in the Bank pay per view is a new 
concept in 2020. I know it's been around for a few years now, but it's still a newer concept than it, than it okay. has been, right? Okay. Otis wins the Money in the Bank this this year. And he has been buried because they they realize like, oh, this guy is not who we want to represent our company. And the same exact thing happened 22 years ago with Jim Hacksaw Duggan. Um, so no, I, I don't think you can compare the same thing with Otis and Hacksaw Jim Duggan just because one, the eras are different. And two... Hacksaw is, is at this point is still going to go on and be put in line to be the next guy after Hulk Hogan. And the only thing that derails Hacksaw is that he gets caught with drugs on him in a car with the Iron Sheik, which the person that he is was supposed to be feuding with at the time. Actually, speaking of which, I'm glad you brought that up. Is um, I would actually like to send it down to the Iron Sheik to find out his thoughts on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. What does the Iron Sheik think of Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Russia number one, number one, USA. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Unbelievable! It's amazing that. We could hear two separate things from the Iron Sheik. He's both. He never wants to pick sides. He's always going to. His his words can just be interpreted in so many different ways. You know, that's what I love about the Sheik. It's he picks his own side. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can I say I love the fact the Iron Sheik is like the Chewbacca of our podcast? I don't know how it relates to Chewbacca, but by all means, I'll take. Yeah, well, only the only the people you know that are involved understand what he's saying, and everyone else is left in the dark. Gotcha. That makes sense. All right, so let's ring the bell on the Hexagon Dragon conversation. Our next match is the uh, longest match of the evening. It pits the Honky Tonk Man versus a mystery opponent. Ooh, scary. <laughs> Who could it be? Um, me and Gene teases this during the Honky Tonk promo. Uh, Honky Tonk is out there, you know, peacocking around as he tends to do. And then the music hits. Ultimate Warrior uh, sprints out to the ring as he tends to do. Uh, 30 seconds later, we have a new Intercontinental Champion. Uh, Chris, I know you're probably eating lunch during this match, so I'm going to kick it to Warren first. Uh, Warren, what are your thoughts on this match? Um, So this match, I think, further proves that the Macho Man is the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time because he did not... He lost the Intercontinental title to a Hall of Famer, not that the Honky Tonk Man wouldn't be a Hall of Famer, but he lost to a Hall of Famer. And in probably one of the, if not the greatest match of, of all time, and it's critically acclaimed by everyone as a 
phenomenal match. And he didn't lose to somebody in 30-something seconds uh, to lose the title. Uh, when the warrior hits the ring and he, he hits the ropes, the far side ropes from the entranceway, the Fink was still just getting out of the ring. So he took a spill off of the apron. Thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then this isn't to discredit the honky tonk man. He is still for sure one of the best heels of the era. Um, but 31 seconds later and we have a new intercontinental champion. Uh, Chris, that would be me. Do you want to talk about the match, or do you just want me to move I on? I mean, I could, I, I could. But it, it happened so fast. I mean, I, I blinked, and then it was over, and then I don't know. I, I didn't, didn't really catch it. Um, you know, it just, I don't know. I, I saw Honky Tonk come out. He was doing his little shimmy. And then you heard the Warriors music hit, and I was like, oh boy, let me go grab a drink. This is going to be a good one. Come back. Warriors holding up the title. Well, there's your first mistake. When you heard the Warrior music, you should have known that he's not going to be in there for no Iron Man 60-minute match. Well, I mean, I didn't think it was going to be a 30-second match. I thought maybe like... True. You know, some may you know, maybe honky tonk gets like gets the upper hand at first. Maybe he does a little delay. Like, I'm not getting in the ring with this guy. Oh no. Uh-uh. Like, you know, like kind of stalls a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, none of none of that happened. None of that happened. <laughs> sure didn't. And the weakest uh finishing move of all time, the splash. <laughs> yeah, and again, I, I, I'm not. I'm admittedly not a warrior fan. And yes, his his moves were were either unsafe and extremely stiff, or that splash was just like the softest thing ever. No, you don't like the gorilla press leading into a splash. Not even close. No. <laughs> not for a finisher. I'll say not for a finisher. Yeah, we can ring the bell on this one. That's uh, pretty much good. <laughs> so, I, I, before we talk about the next match, I'm just going to pose it to y'all. Um, do you want to talk about the next match? Or can I just say my piece and can we just move on? I, I, have, uh, I have one note on the match. I have three. <laughs> You have three. I have one note on a match that basically sums up the entire match. Okay. Chris, it's almost yeah, Chris I know you have zero notes, but do you want to talk about the next match? No, I don't want to talk about this match. All right. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to intro the match. Warren, give me your note, and then I'll talk about my three notes, and then we'll move on to the next one. Outstanding. So, the next match features Don the Rock Morocco versus Dino Bravo. Uh, Dino Bravo won this match. How? No idea. Don't remember. <laughs> so, uh, Warren, what's your one note? So, um, okay, so here we go. Uh, my one note. Don Morocco dominates the match. Ref bump. Side slam. Dino Bravo wins. That's way more than I remember about the match, so. That's that's exactly what happened. Don Morocco was in control of the entire match. 
The ref takes a bump. Dino Bravo hits a regular sidewalk slam, like extremely regular sidewalk slam. And for whatever reason, Don Morocco doesn't kick out. Yeah. Um, my three notes are, why do we hate French Canadians? Question mark. Okay. Uh, this match is really boring. Exclamation Agreed. point. Agreed. And my last note was, I hate this match. Period. <laughs> <laughs> had to re- had to reiterate that. Yeah. So that was all I had on the uh the Rock versus Dino Bravo. Well, Don Don Morocco. I can't I can't uh can't co-sign with calling him the Rock. And he was the original Rock. True, but you know, he's not anymore. If you smell what Don Morocco is cooking. He wasn't cooking it. Uh load of bullshit. Was losing off, losing off, losing off of regular sidewalk slams. Oh, ring the bell. Uh, next, before we get in the next match, we had a Jesse the Body promo about how he's getting paid off by the million dollar man. Uh, they were just slipping hundred dollar bills into his suit jacket. Uh, and he, he also was, he also said that even though he's taking the money, that doesn't mean he's not going to call it right down the middle. Oh yeah, I mean, smart man, take the money. I mean, if they throw money at you, you might as well take it. Okay. No issues with that. Um, but the match that was next is the Heart Foundation versus Demolition for the tag team titles. A pretty standard match for the most part. Didn't hate it. Uh, Demolition did end up winning this match. I have no idea whose turn it is. I think it's Chris's turn. Because he didn't talk at all during the Dino Bravo Don Morocco match. So I did not. Um, we will uh, get Chris. This match was... I really liked this match. Because uh, I love the Hart Foundation. Uh, got to see him fighting demolition. These guys have, have battled a couple different times over the years. Uh, real fun to watch. Uh, Brett and Jim, you know, they're just so good. They're so good. And I think this was the start of their um, their face turn because they mentioned that, you know, Jimmy Hart used to manage them. And now that he's managed, he came out, he's with demolition and mr fuji for some reason um and uh there was a lot of jarring back and forth between uh jimmy hart and the hart foundation saying you guys still need me you guys are nothing without me which you know jimmy hart he's not wrong i mean he's it's it's good to have jimmy hart in your in your corner but uh you know hart foundation they look really good Demolition always looked good in in their matches. Um, again, uh, 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 Smash looking very swole in this uh, in this matchup, a lot bigger than I remember him being. But um, but yeah, I like this match. It wasn't as good as the Bulldogs and the Ragu brothers, but you know, still 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 love watching the old Hard Foundation go crazy. Yeah, uh, Warren? Uh, so this match definitely had two of the better uh, or two of the best tag teams in this particular era. 
a hard foundation and demolition. Um, there was a spot where Brett's arm was caught in the ropes. The ref does get to the five count for the break, um, but does not call for the DQ for whatever reason. Um, Axe hit his own very uh, extremely soft shoulder breaker. I think you must just have, you must be able to, if you do a shoulder breaker, it has to be a soft version. I haven't seen a legit looking shoulder breaker done yet in our uh, foray here watching pay per views here on the Triple R podcast. Um, it was a hot tag to Anvil, and he's over here slinging drop kicks. That's always nice. Um, the two managers come into play during the finish, which, I mean, if you have two managers, why not? Um, again, this match was not as good as the, as the first tag match with the Bulldogs and the Rougeau brothers. Um, which is, you should have the better tag match, especially for, if it's for your tag team titles. Um, but Demolition retain here. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Um, I know I brought this up during our ECW discussion, but Demolition, they're, they're just drugstore kiss, right? On steroids? Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I don't know. I mean,. Again, it's another match that, like, if you could tell me anything happened that match, you could tell me Bret Hart pulled a pair out of his pants and it poked Axe in the eye, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that probably happened. I have no idea. Don't remember it. So, well, let's uh, ring the bell. So we got a short promo with the Honky Tonk Man, and he is pissed. Um, he's throwing everything around the locker room, just swearing up and down. He said he'd fight any man, but he's not going to fight a warrior. (laughs) I guess the the logic there makes sense. Um, I do want to point out the fact that I love the fact that Mean Gene could care less about all the destruction happening around him. Like, there's people pissed off, they're throwing chairs, they're breaking stuff, and he's just sitting there with the microphone. Could not be bothered. You know, he's he, he's there to get an interview. If you happen to break everything around him, he doesn't really care. Hats off to that man. I I do like the aesthetic of an all-heel uh, locker room. I definitely had, I had that down in my notes. You know, and Hug Tuck Man would wrestle anyone. Anybody. But not not a warrior. That's where he draws the line. And he never said that. So, you know, I'm with him. Any man, but not a warrior man. That's deep. God, this pay-per-view sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we got three more matches to go, Pilch. Three I'm, gra- I'm grasping at straws here. I'm trying to pull anything out of this. And it's just- by Realtor.com. I just realized. What? Do it again. By the number of walls your bed. Does. What's happening? Now that you've spent so much time at home, maybe it's time to find a new Do it again. That's not on my end. It's definitely not on my end. 
It had to be on your end, Chris. What was that? It's a realtor.com ad that comes up on the website where we keep our drops. Oh, I didn't see it. Didn't I was on it. I didn't see an I didn't see it. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's why we love realtor.com so much. <laughs> I thought that was Pilch doing. I <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't me the first time. It wasn't me this time. I've never had Realtor.com plug like you have. Oh, Realtor, Realtor.com, Realtor.yeah. So let's, uh, let's ring the bell here. Match here. So we get next up, we have the, uh, the Big Boss Man versus uh, Coco Beware. Um, the highlight here is Frankie the parrot. He he looks great. He's got mm-hmm. his own uh, you know, he's got his own perch that he gets to sit on. Um, Big Boss Man won this match via a sidewalk slam, which is something. Uh, God, uh, Warren, I guess. So I I must correct you because that's the boss man slam that he does. It's not the sidewalk slam. Dino Bravo's slam was the sidewalk slam. Is this like a clothesline, styrofoam kind of argument? No, no, no. Two totally different moves. Okay. Is the boss man slams closer to a deep six? No, not deep six. Um. Oh, yeah, closer to a deep six. I would say deep six, yeah. Yeah, close to a deep six that uh, that that uh, Baron Corbin does. Anyways, um, this is a very young looking boss man. He looks fresh out of at a Cobb County prison. Um, he looks we mentioned terrible. <laughs> young face. I just young face. Early boss man was a was was fat as just as uh. As uh, our friend here, Scott Steiner, would say, "This fat son of a bitch, all of us has been world champions before, been in this business 15, 20 years, and this fat son of a bitch is going to try us all out." Calm down, calm down, okay? All right. He's fat. Well, I mean, Scott Steiner's uh, uh, recollection must be wrong. I don't think Boss Man was ever world champion, but this is true. He was. I don't remember him being world champ, but. Uh, young, young boss man was a rather large fellow, um, but I was just referring to him looking very young in the face. Young in the face. Young in the face. Um, we mentioned it before. Uh, Coco Beware. Just we just did not get to see the best version of Coco Beware. Um, but he had a very strong top rope drop kick onto the boss man. And uh, just as soon as Coco started gaining some kind of momentum, boss man hits the boss man slam for the victory. Yep. There you go. All right. Uh, should we uh, ring the bell on this? I, I guess we're going to ring the bell. On this. Is there nothing you have to say, Chris? Nothing? I mean, I think it's odd that a pimp would be the manager for a cop, but, you know, whatever. It's cool. It's wrestling. I really don't think he was a pimp, but whatever. He's definitely a pimp. 
Definitely a pimp. Definitely a pimp. Doctor Style One hundred percent. Definitely a pimp. Okay. That was my only note for this match. Was I said it's weird that a pimp is a manager of a cop. Only in wrestling. Okay. Um. I also think the missile dropkick from Coco Beware might have gotten the biggest pop of the evening. Uh, you might be right. That Edwin, the big boss man, climbed the rope. That may be the worst top rope spot I have ever seen. <laughs> he had no reason climbing the top rope on that one. That and his, uh, his belly popped out of his shirt, which... I don't know. The whole thing was terrible. Uh, <laughs> we have a quick promo by the new Intercontinental Champion, the Ultimate Warrior. Um, I wrote here that it was just all gibberish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like a spaceship. And a- I didn't. I didn't mean to hit the bell that time. No, Sorry. It's okay that you hit yeah. it. It's fine. Um, no, going to pick him up, take him to parts unknown. It's it's gibberish. Every um, single Ultimate Warrior promo, except for the one he cut after he goes into the Hall of Fame the day before he passes, made no sense. The only time he's cut a promo and it made sense was that promo there. Well, and then he definitely, died. Definitely not yeah. this one. I can assure you he, that he finally completed all of his life goals. He he finally cut a decent promo. He's like, "Well, I can die happy now." And then <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Basically. So our next match on the card is uh, Hercules versus Jake the Snake. Uh, Hercules should have been accompanied to the ring by uh, the Brian, but he was nowhere to be found. Um, Jake the Snake won this match. Very little mention of the snake. Uh, yeah. I'm really, really struggling here. This pay per view sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Chris hasn't talked in a while, so let's give it to Chris. What am I talking about right now? Hercules Jake Roberts. Jake Hercules. Uh, cool match. Kara was uh, very concerned. She's like, what's in that bag? And I was like, Kara, his name is Jake the Snake Roberts. He brings a snake. She's like, there's a snake in there? Like, a real snake? And I was like, yeah, it's a real <laughs> snake. And she's like... Man, I don't think Peter would be really happy about this. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. The snake's in the bag. It's like she brought up Peter. Yeah, she thought Peter would be really upset if they knew he was carrying around a snake in that duffel bag or whatever it was. Was <laughs> So okay, so so she mentioned Peter for the snake. Yeah, but not so much for the bulldog or I don't think she saw the bulldog. I don't think she saw the bird. She just. She was just there for when he came out with the snake. She's like, why does this guy got this bag? When he wins, he's going to put it on him. And she's like, I don't know. She just really didn't like that the snake was in the bag the whole time. And they like almost stepped on the bag. 
And she's like, oh, my God, what about the snake? Somebody get the snake. <laughs> He's fine. He's gonna one, of, one of these days, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to watch a pay-per-view, preferably a pay-per-view that we are, we're going to talk about here on the Drew Boy Podcast, mm-hmm. over at your house with Kara. Oh, yeah. So I can hear these these quotes because they are tremendous. <laughs> it's like they're not all the time because she doesn't always sit and watch with me. But the matches, if it, there's a nice, interesting match on, she'll take she'll she'll have uh, some comedy gold every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that was that was it. That was that was all I had about on this match. Warren, take it away. Oh, no, Warren, you didn't even talk about it yet. Oh. No, I didn't talk about it yet. Uh, Hercules looked incredibly stiff throughout this entire match. Um, I I thought he was a, a I always thought he was a decent worker, but it just the way he looked, it it just looked really like uh, like too much muscle uh, muscle mass on him. Um, I always love how they build towards the DDT to where. You know, there's a lot of, of fakes to get to it, and then when he does get to it, it's one and done, and a match is over. And we do get appearance by Damien, where he dumps Damien on on Hercules. That's always uh, it's always a nice spot. Yeah, this is a ten minute match. I think eight minute of it, eight minutes of it were spent in a sleeper hold. <laughs> the middle of the match where the the sleeper hold spot was that was rather long i i will give you that and there was a, that jake roberts uh knee strike where he missed and he fell on the back of his head that looked super painful i um, think they should have like you mentioned that this was 10 minutes long they should have put I'd say maybe three to four of these minutes in, I don't know, maybe the, another tag match. Not the title match. Definitely not the first match. Maybe give it to Powers and Pain and, and the Bolsheviks. Or maybe give it to Rude and Junkyard Dog. I, don't, I didn't think this match did. This match didn't need to be 10 minutes right before the main event. Right. And I don't have any notes here. There wasn't a promo between these two matches, right? There was. They showed a uh, a video recap of of the events leading up to this main event. Right, right, that makes sense. Where Hulk Hogan was returning from, whatever he was returning from. Yeah. All right, so we can ring the bell on this one. <laughs> So now to the main event, the only match that matters at all in the <laughs> two and a half hours that we watched. <laughs> we have the Mega Powers, uh, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, accompanied by Miss Elizabeth against the Mega Bucks, Andre the Giant and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, with uh, Bobby the Brian and their bodyguard Virgil. Uh, Jesse Ventura was the special guest referee here. Uh, I feel like there's no spoilers here. The Mega Powers won this match. I think, you know, that was telegraphed from a million miles away. 
but I think we need to recap how they got there. So, Warren, go ahead and take it away. So, uh, you're probably going to be disappointed, but I only have two notes on this match. Um, this match was a typical Hogan match, if, if you're going to describe it some way. Um, there was the spot where we found out what the secret weapon was, and it was literally just Miss Elizabeth distracting the mega mega bucks team with ripping her skirt off and having red it looked like a red bathing suit bottom um which gave them the opportunity to take the advantage and i think macho man dropped the elbow to win not hogan dropped the leg to win um you're wrong it was the other way who dropped the leg he dropped Macho Man dropped the elbow, and you thought like that was gonna be it. He's gonna pin. Nope. Tags Hogan, and Hogan comes in, does the leg because he gives him the boot. Macho yeah. Man drops the elbow. Hogan goes off yeah. the ropes, does the leg, gets the pin. Gotcha. Hogan still uh, went over. But the main the main thing with this is they're beginning to plant the seeds. For the mega powers to explode at WrestleMania five, um, so after the match, Hogan must pose. So that means Macho Man poses. But then, when Macho Man lifts up Hogan, lifts up uh, Miss Elizabeth to put her on his shoulders, Hogan helps balance Elizabeth on Macho Man's shoulder, and his hand placement is. In a word, questionable. Um, the story that played out from here until they fought at WrestleMania Five was tremendous. Um, and this is the era where they don't have a whole bunch of pay per views to tell the story. So a lot of the storytelling was done on different Saturday nights main events, um, and maybe even. Less with uh, the superstars wrestling that came on Saturday and the weekends. Um, but I always enjoy the story that led up to them fighting at WrestleMania 5. So, Chris, before I give you the floor, I'm going to take a page out of Warren's book. Is We have a tight ball game here. Warren is currently in the lead by one point. And there is one thing he forgot to mention that I will assign a point for. So if you hit it, you win. If not, <laughs> one, thing, one thing he forgot to mention that if I hit it, um, shoot, I don't know if I know what the one thing is. I mean, I will say this in this match. I did think it was odd that um, Jesse decided at the beginning of the match that he was going to change the tag ropes, like he was going to change the corners. I don't know why he decided to do that. What what that had to do with the match? Um, I thought that was interesting. Uh, like Warren said, it was a typical, um, you know, a typical. Hogan match, you know, I don't know. 
Andre, I don't really remember much about Andre in the match. I don't. I just remember the finish. I remember, you know, Elizabeth having the skirt ripped off. I remember they did all their moves like in this quick span, and then they got the one, two, three. Um, God, I don't know, Pilch. I don't know what the one thing is. I can't think of it. All right, so I'm gonna go through my notes real quick. You I'm go just gonna do them line by line. Is we have uh, Jesse Minter as the ref. I thought it was interesting that there is no music for the Mega Bucks. Um, they stated that Macho Man's robe cost ten thousand dollars. He <laughs> needs a refund because it's not that great of a robe. <laughs> This might have been before uh, Macho Man came out with uh, Money, Money, Money. Right. Um, why is Jesse Ventura wearing a do-rag and a pirate shirt? Because <laughs> he's got style. That's why. Yeah, it's his, it's his style. <laughs> he's trying to get waves and rob a shit from England in the 1600s. I don't think his his ultimate goal is to get waves in his hair. No. There was at least, this match was 14 minutes long. There was at least five minutes before the match even started of peacocking, where everyone's just standing around flexing. They're moving ropes around. There's more flexing. Um, I think Hulk Hogan forgot he wasn't the champion because he really wanted to start the match. But like obviously the champion starts the match. Like, get 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 back in your place, Hogan. What are you doing? Um, I, I disagree with that. I think it. I think well, one, I think you should leave it up to the champion. But two, if I was the champion, then I wouldn't want to start the match. I'd rather have the other person start the match. I mean, you know, potato tomato to each its own. Yeah. Uh, Mega powers worked really well together in the beginning of the match. There's a lot of a lot of quick tags. I thought they got in and out really well. Um, you'd never know that they weren't a tag team before this. I thought you know they had very good chemistry in the ring. Uh, Andre the Giant wears a size 22 shoe. Yes, which is a giant shoe. I mean, I wear a nine, so he's <laughs> more than two and a half of what I wear. <laughs> Oh gosh! I, I, for reference, I guess I wear a thirteen. Um, you know, of course, Hogan hits the leg drop. They win. His music plays because it's Hulk Hogan in the eighties, right? So his music has to play at some point. There's you know twenty minutes of posing after the match is over. Uh. The, the point I was looking for, Chris, was that this is the Mega Bucks versus the Mega Powers, but what ended up winning the match was the Mega Booty. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, Warren, you did win this episode by a score of 7-6. to six. I do want to get into some awards before we go, though. So, uh, first and foremost, let's go ahead and award our ripe bananas. You want me to go first with the ripe bananas? I'll let you go first. You can go first with the ripe bananas. 
because I I really think that there's only one answer for which match is getting the don't buy any unripe bananas yet because you won't live to eat them yeah it's the match that lasted 31 seconds the match that chris missed because he went to go get a drink from his refrigerator which is less than 30 seconds away from his living room uh it's the honky talk man war and ultimate warrior icy title match and I really hate to f- to put the IC title to lump it into this group of un- of of uh, of unripe bananas, but we don't have much of a choice here. It was thirty one seconds. That's fair enough, Chris. Uh, who are you giving your bananas to? Uh, I'm giving it to the entire mid card of this pay per view. Don't buy any unripe bananas yet, because you won't live to eat them. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, I mean, watch the Bulldogs, skip the rest, watch the Mega Bucks and the Mega Powers, and that's it. That's all you need to do. The middle of this pay-per-view was just, you don't need it at all. I'm actually, uh, gonna go a little different here. I'm gonna give the ripe bananas to myself. Don't buy any unripe bananas yet, because you won't live to eat them, yeah? Because I picked I this, to and I'm really upset that I made myself watch this pay-per-view, so... <laughs> um, there's only one person responsible for the ripe bananas, and it's me. You're welcome! There you go. Exactly. So, uh, with that being said, do we have any uh, cream of the crops to award, Warren? Oh, I think I think I'm going to have to give my the cream of the crop to the three of us who <laughs> survived this this two hour two and a half hour pay review and still managed to have notes on it. Put the content out here on the podcast, and we did manage to go an hour and forty minutes so far. So I think it's a it's a hearty Barry Horowitz pat on the back for the three of us. <laughs> here you go. I'll second well, that. Thank you, sir. The cream of the My cream of the crop award is going to go to uh, Miss Elizabeth um, Derriere. Jesus! I mean, you know, if there was one uh, one winner of the pay per view, that's got to be it. Mega Powers would not win unless it was for Miss Elizabeth's backside. So. I think you you. I think we need to check in with a friend of ours, uh, one Scott Steiner. After it's all said and done, you're going to be taking sprinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is you can run nickety split because you can't run because you got some fat asses. And after it's done, done, we're going to have a tailgate party for all my freaks out there. Scott Steiner's out go. of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, or do you want to so, uh, you want to go this route with Scott Steiner? Listen, listen to, 
I got freaks nine days out of the week. I can give them. I was almost seven days in a week. Man, you ain't big pup. I'm a big bad booty daddy nonstop. Now listen, English. All right. Well, this has been an episode of the Triple R podcast. I can't say it's been the best. Um, You know, hopefully next week we will do a little better. The winner of this episode is Warren Lee. There you go. Woo! So we look forward to seeing what pay-per-view he's going to pick next week. Um, as always, I want to thank our sponsors, Realtor.com. Thank you so much for being with us from the beginning. <laughs> I also want to thank uh, the school that we sponsor. And here at the Triple R Podcast, we are big believers in education, and we are definitely big sponsors at the Big Bad Booty Daddy Academy, something we all believe in. This is true. uh, We hope those young kids get the best education they can. And um, we actually, believe it or not, have a live look in at their latest math class. And I would like Warren to play a little clip. Seventy-five percent chance of winning. If we just go one-on-one and then add sixty-six and two-thirds percent, I got a hundred and forty-one and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. Yeah. So, see the kind of education you can expect at the Big Bad Booty Daddy Academy, and enrollment is live. Uh, you know the spring semester is filling up quick, so make sure to get your applications in and uh you know hopefully you'll be selected i heard that seats are limited in the big bad booty daddy academy yeah oh they are it's it's an exclusive exclusive institution and you'd be lucky to get in so yeah and everybody you know everybody wants everybody wants a spot Hulk Hogan, we're about a spot. We can have a spot. This bald spot. Wow. This lip gimp to the ring spot. This age spot. This non-athletic spot. Well then, all right. <laughs> get to the plugs and get out of here. All right, yeah, let's get to the. So as always, you can find us on Instagram at Triple R Pod. Find us at Twitter at Triple R Pod. And Chris, could you remind the folks at home where they can find us on Facebook? Uh, yes, you can find us on Facebook at Triple R Pod. Absolutely can. Our website is the Triple R. Well, actually, it's www.triplerpodcast.com. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it about anything. I, we're really hoping we get an email from Scott Steiner, realtor.com, or. I don't know. The Big Bad Booty Daddy Academy, I guess. You can yeah. find that at the real triple R podcast at gmail.com. If you have uh, suggestions about pay per views you want us to watch, if you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to buy us lunch, all great. Just email us there. We'll take anything. Um, yeah, that's another week in the books, gentlemen. Oh, don't don't forget to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Podcast Addict, 
Um, if you really want to nerd it up, you can go right to that RSS code or however you do that. Um, subscribe, rate, review, five star reviews are are always welcome. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. It's all the plugs. All the plugs. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> before before Scott Steiner gets us in trouble, I think we should I think we should get out of here. Until next week, we will see y'all later. Have a good night.